here with Ben and Stephanie Taylor, and they're going to talk a little bit about today um, about how they use sports psychology and mindset and all these things in their dancing. So, hello. <laughs> Uh, so maybe I can ask you just to, to introduce yourselves a little bit. Sure. So actually, we started dancing around this month, wasn't it? This week. First of April. First of April, April it was on 2008. It actually was. That's 12 years ago. We've been a partnership now. Um, some highlights, I guess, have been we've been ranked twice first in the UK as amateurs. Mm -hmm. So that was major major achievement happy with that and, and more recently um made the pro rising star final at the uk open in january which was our last uh, major event yeah and in october we were in the quarter final of the pro at the royal albert hall and uh yeah basically gone through youth amateur and now professionals together yeah. and married and newlyweds. What, what an achievement, I think, right? <laughs> well, that's probably the biggest one there. <laughs> well, it's funny because you don't obviously you don't walk around everyday life thinking about that, but it's quite unusual, I think, today that you have a partnership going through so many different sort of categories. Yeah, uh, they're getting more and more rare, I think. Yeah, I think I think so, and actually. That is one of the things that I was thinking to ask you because you have danced such a long time together and I think a lot of people uh, find it a little bit of a challenge maybe to stick with the same partner yeah. for whatever reason. So what, mm. what would you say that the secret for you staying together for that long is? I think initially we, we struggled on a couple of things and that was practicing efficiently. We weren't communicating correctly um, and particularly for Steph and you can be open about mm. this but well, when we became a couple off the floor, which was about five months into our dance partnership, Steph found it really difficult to divide, if you like, the dance practice and work and training and the relationship. So, for example, if we didn't have a productive practice or we were argumentative or whatever, you'd take that very personally? Well, we would then finish our practice change, Ben would put his arm around me and I'm like, get, get off. off. <laughs> and he was like, what, what, what have I done? And I was like, what do you mean, what have you done? <laughs> so we would start like, that was a whole learning curve in itself. But I think the main thing is to be very honest with each other. So we've always said when we've had an issue or uh, use sports psychology as well when when we were struggling in terms of as Ben just mentioned communication and practice and uh, we had to learn how to communicate better because we found out we were different characters in the sense that it, it, it's literally the stereotypical what's the word it's carrot and stick yeah what motivates what you? motivates so for me it's always if if it's direct and you know He's the stick. Told off a bit that I react to that, and that's good for me both in a competition setting. So if a coach comes over to me and says that first round was not good, pick yourself up, then that works for me. Whereas it's the opposite for Steph. If you got that from a coach at a comp, that would wreck her confidence for the next round. Likewise, if I'm at practice saying, and we know each other well enough now to know what annoys each other, but if I said um, that was a load of rubbish, we do that again. And it's already the practice is already ruined. I, I've got to say, like, well, I know we're warming up and the connection was good, but could we go for a little bit more movement? And then that way, yeah. you react better. But what yeah. we learned was that we tend to communicate the way we like to receive it. Yeah, 
So Ben would talk to me in what we call stick language, and I would talk to Ben in carrot language, and it just wouldn't quite work. So um, learning each other's types and learning uh, how basically to get the most productive practice has been a key element, really. For the longevity, though, one quote which has stuck with me since a junior from a dance teacher was, uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm. So sometimes if you're not getting the results, you can feel like it's not happening, it's not happening, you can get quite frustrated. But the comment of just keep going, basically, um, that stuck with me at least. So, yeah. And, and a good practice for marriage as well, I'm sure. <laughs> Most likely. I mean, we're two months I'm in. I'm only two months <laughs> in, so. <laughs> and we're in lockdown. Yeah. But, um, so do you... So this kind of thing with communicating and learning to communicate with each other and because I think that's something that happens quite often with couples, they, they think, well, I want this, so I give the same as what I want instead of looking at, well, what does the other person want instead of what I would like? Yeah. yeah. How did you kind of come to that realization or how did you, how did you learn to communicate? How long did it take? How long yeah. people have So we came to that realization, first of all, too many practices, Steph was in tears, sorry to say. No, no, that was um, too many practices, we came away not just upset slash frustrated, but thinking what did we actually improve there? And so it was, um, yeah, the emotion and the frustration of, well, that was a complete waste of time. Well, it's, it's being very dissatisfied with your yeah. practices, thinking, well, we were there for X amount of time, but we didn't really improve that much. So and when you have that again and again and again, you were sort of thinking, well, something's not as um, optimum as what it could have been. To the point where we thought, well, let's see and ask someone about it. And at the time, Steph's main Danish teachers were Jens Werner and the Laxomes, and that was actually through Jens. We spoke to Jens about it. This was really the early days. Really early and he days. said, well, someone who he said, I wouldn't have won a world title with without this help from is this chap called Freddie Gleit. It's a psychologist that, that uh, Jens and Charlotte used mm -hmm. and he said well why don't you give him a call and see if you can have a chat with him. So yeah. we did and uh, he was very useful. Well, he, we, had, uh, we had a few sessions with him yeah. and basically just learned a few tools that we could then take away. Wow and that was enough to, to really kind of change, take your partner with and turn it around? In our case yes. Yeah it was learning that we were different personalities. Yeah. for a start so rather than one getting frustrated one getting upset accepting we're different and sort of learning how to communicate with that character yeah. um setting plans for the practice because that's another thing we realized that um i'd go to the practice we hadn't planned it we just we'd go and i think right i'm in my own mind without even telling steph i've got all these things to practice and i want to dance around and then essentially we were doing different types of practice because i was thinking about loads of different things and wanting to keep dancing Steph would say keep stopping and then that would lead to frustration so planning the practice helped a lot as well yeah. um, so we had the same expectations of what type of practice we were going into yeah mm. and we roughly divided them into three sections basically so we had a just what we call a stamina practice which is literally perform don't think too much don't speak <laughs> to each other and treat it as close to the comp as possible that's one, if you like, version. Uh, number two, we call it mileage, and that's one, that's not our word, that's a word from one of our dance teachers, actually, mileage. 
um, where we will have one or two key ideas and we will discuss with the other person what that is. So for example, I might say, I'm working on my left side or whatever. Sorry to knock you out there. <laughs> um, I'm working on my left side. Uh, and then we'll dance several waltzes with that without stopping if we can. Um, Steph will say, I'm working on whatever. And we've learned the key is then to not comment on something else. So if we know, if Steph knows I'm working on my left side, she knows not to say, why is your right arm no good? You know, because <laughs> I'm not thinking so about that. I only give feedback on whatever we are working on. So that's called the mileage practice. And then the last one is what we call technical, where we're totally happy to not sweat, literally spend an hour on a natural turn if we need to, or a feather step and stop as many times as we like and go over it in super hard detail, yeah. So they're, as I say, our harsh three divides in, in terms of, of, of practice. And our arguments would always stem from one of us being in one type of practice and the other person being in the other. Yeah. Because yeah. we would then frustrate each other. Why do you keep stopping or why don't you work deeper yeah. about this or whatever it was? Yeah. So yeah. clarifying, what type of practice we had that night was uh, very helpful. it doesn't helpful. take a lot. You can do that either on the journey there or a few minutes at the start of the practice, yeah. you know, or even if you're coming from different places, a text. Yeah. Um, or do a week at a time. Yeah. That's something I always suggest to people as well, To or maybe even, you know, like a week ahead. So say like yeah. you plan for the whole week because sometimes we also have a day where we, like it's Monday and I'm thinking, okay, I can't wait to go and, and uh, just dance through things and then yeah. my partner has this idea of just doing wanting to do technical things and then it just becomes this whole and you, yeah. you cannot even have that conversation about what the plan is and it mm. just becomes a lot of frustration and then mm. all these arguments start but yeah. i think quite often it's, it's simple solutions to kind of complex problems a hundred percent when it's said to you and presented to you like that you kind of think Obviously. oh yeah whoops yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm also and have been and still am, I have to remind myself, I'm guilty of sometimes trying to practice too many things at the same time. Mm. Um, so, yeah, this is from our dance teachers. They've, we've got one who's particularly strong on me who will say, you're only thinking about this tonight at practice. I don't want you thinking about, you know, frame or whatever. You stick with that for the whole practice because I can very easily think of about six things at, at once and then probably do none of them very well. Yeah. Um, you're better at that, staying focused. I'm quite sort of, all right, if we said we were going to do that, we will do that. Yeah. If we said we were going to think about I don't know, leg action, we will only think about leg action. I'm a little bit black and white in that sense. You have to spend. He you're can get organised. Yeah, he yeah. can get distracted quite easily. <laughs> yeah. But I think also sometimes it can come from like a sense of wanting to do everything. So you feel like, well, I'm focused. I want to do that and that and that and that. And then you end up focusing on so many things that you actually don't mm. Get anything done, or at least that was our feeling. That was another problem, as I say, individual fault. Yeah, not fault, just trait. Okay, what I'm going into as possible. Now, many of my dance teachers have said you shouldn't be interested in the judging panel. That's fine, and, and that's advice given from them. But for me, I like to know as much about it as possible. So, for example, if uh, historically we've had a judge that's quite bad for us, and I'm a believer since we've been professional and judged ourselves, I think 
that as a, as, a, as a comment isn't actually correct. I think judges will actually change their opinion. So it, mm. it may be just unlucky that you've had a, a judge that's been constantly bad for you. But if, if, if I see a judging panel and, and it's con there's a judge that's bad for us a lot, if I didn't know that in advance, that would really affect me on the day, really affect me. So I like to, as I say, prepare for that before I get there, know the size of the floor, know what I'm going into. Running order, if that's Running order, if that helps. Yeah. The more information we can have about what's going to sort of lead us there. Yeah. And the easier it is for us mentally to prepare. Also in terms of, okay, we know we have only half an hour between that round and that round, so no snacks, no, just a bit of water mm -hmm. in there. And, oh, now we have a four-hour break, so we're probably going to change our clothes and stuff like that. So yeah. we, we try to get as much information of what's available for that given competition as, as we can in advance. But of course, in terms of a dance perspective of that, um, we always, like in the practice beforehand, say we're doing a stamina practice, then we'll often go, right, we are at... A bit of visualization. Or, yeah, yeah. He, he's like, okay, now we're at the Royal Albert Hall, or now we're yeah. in Blackpool, and now we are in a random place in Poland, or you know, wherever the next car may be. That, yeah. Then Ben's like, okay, we're in Bournemouth now. So, so we try to, to put ourselves in that sort of Position, uh, in, in our minds, although we appreciate we're not there physically. Going into the comp and on the day of the comp, we've also learned we're different people in the sense that I, as much as I love dancing, I like the competing. I'm quite competitive. So I, I use many a time thinking about my rivals or um, the result as something to energetically get me in the, the right zone if that yeah. makes sense whereas that is completely the opposite thing for Steph That's if I start saying come on we want to beat so and so today if I start doing stuff like that she's getting more and more stressed yeah, and that ruins the performance so you prefer not thinking about I the result I want to be in my own bubble relaxing not worry, yeah. worry about other people who's here who's not here whereas you actually can get quite fired up about but he's competitive in anything <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It's not only with dancing. Anything that could be a competition, then it's like, okay, we, we keep score here. <laughs> Again, really important, like you said, like with your different personalities. And some people, they always say like, oh, you shouldn't look at your competitors and you shouldn't maybe look oh, at... I've heard that a lot as well, yeah. Yeah, but, but that's not to say one of us is right and the other one is wrong. We just know what makes you buzz and what makes you a little bit more sort of... Yeah. And also, I understand completely this idea that you shouldn't focus on judges. And I agree, you shouldn't focus on them. Of course. Yeah. That shouldn't be the focus. But then again, if you think, okay, before the comp, I'm not going to think about them at all. But you know when you're going to go on the floor and you see that judge, you're going to freak out. And, and therefore, we would rather have that, say, the night before. We even have, you know, we will have novice students know of some judges that judge them quite a lot and then go, oh, no, so-and-so is, you know... Yeah. And so it affects us at all levels, I think. And that's why I personally just like to know in advance who's there. And then I've dealt with that in my mind and we go with the best we've got dance-wise, you know. We, we so. try to take away those things that can be distractions yeah. so that we can actually focus on the sport. Yeah. And I think the, 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 it is a bit of a misconception, the thing that the focus shouldn't be on those things. The focus shouldn't be on them, but you should prepare for it still. Yeah, I think you need to prepare for all those things and then of course focus on the things you can control like the dancing yeah. but it's still Agreed. good to have some preparation for it and also like like for example with Ben it sounds like for you it's almost um, you can almost use it as a fuel definitely and he does yeah, yeah. definitely 
Yeah. Uh, I say some of my as an individual worst performance has, has been when I'm not fired up enough, actually. So if I'm going too much into Steph's, let's be calm, let's be... I go out and it's not energetic enough, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And vice versa, I've made Steph too stressed and everything been too tense as well. Yeah, so, so it can rub off on each other. Yeah. Which obviously we've got plenty of time, so we've gone too far one way or the mm. other. Yeah. So when, when you come to a competition, if you come there and you feel that, okay, you're completely in the wrong mindset, like you are, you're stressing out or you're worried about who's going to be there and all this, what, what do you do in that? Do you have any kind of tips for like what, what other dancers could do in that case? Or so, what yeah, I mean, for us personally, we, we're not actually together at this point. So for example, I'll put my shoes on. You don't always get an opportunity to dance around on the floor because sometimes there's just no breaks. But I will do things that I can do to prepare for our first round, i.e. visualize the routine and think about, right, we don't need to do two sets of our long side here because it's a small floor, you know, something like that. So I'm already mapping out the routines a little bit. I'm a, li a little bit cheeky, but as heats are walking on and off the floor, I will go to the side of the floor and just um, feel the floor with my feet to literally then report back to Steph and say, it's a sticky floor, it's a slippery floor today. So that's gone out. You know, that's another so, worry out of the way. Yeah. The amount of times we've done a comp where the first three steps has either been slip or stick, yeah. and then literally the whole round's ruined based on that. So I tried to, to deal with that. I, I think it, to, to answer your question, if we're in the wrong mindset, we can feel, again, because we obviously know each other, we can feel when the other person is in the wrong zone, if we can call it that. So I, I can feel when we arrive at a comp and it's an hour before the first round and Ben's not fired up yet. So I, I know that I, I need to do put his attention to something that, that would help that. And likewise, Ben can, can obviously feel the same for me. Or we will be quite honest and say, you know what, I, don't, I need some help because I'm thinking about this, that and the other and I just want to think about that. So we're all also quite honest with each other and kind of say, help me, I need to, I need to get veered back into that zone. Mm. So... I think whoever recognizes first, whether it's yourself or it's the partner, try to address it as, as quickly as we can, mm. whether it's for me to relax and calm down or whether it's for them to sort of get a little bit more fired up. Yeah, and I think and, uh, also from knowing yourself and knowing each other probably, right? Yeah, and one thing we'll say as well, just to some students at different levels, I know I have to be near Steph before we're about to walk on for our round because mm. if she's thinking, where is he? Oh. That's stressing her out. That's and the amount of times we've seen students sat down literally before they're about to walk on or, or one of the partnerships missing, that yeah. is just stressing the other person out. I need um, to know where Ben is at all times during the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be able to locate him, even if you say, I'm, I'm off to the Jets now, yeah, that's fine. At least I know to call for someone to go in there. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm if we know where each other is at all times, it's a lot easier. And also in between heats, there used to be a thing that frustrated me a lot. Ben would disappear. There might have been eight heats, but I couldn't find him after five. And I'm like, where, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Yeah. So, yeah. You, you, yeah. yeah. What, what about your, so you have, obviously you're quite different personalities. Mm -hmm. Would you say, and maybe it's a question for you kind of almost individually, is there anything like in your personality that you felt that has made you successful? Like something you could say, even when you started as a child, you could feel, okay, this, this trait kind of really helped me. Ben says I'm stubborn. <laughs> I think that helps you. <laughs> you don't want to give up. Ben says I'm stubborn. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to give up. 
like you, once you said I'm going to do something, then you you stick with it. Mm. I think a couple of things. Um, so as a junior, when I came from juvenile to junior, that was when I was doing the open circuit. Before that, it was more the medalist circuit. And um, my early days as junior, I was going out first round for about eighteen months. And you know, we we used to have a little fun with my parents, sort of saying, "Well, we're you've been." massacred in Manchester and dumped in Dudley and lost in Liverpool. You know, we, we, we had to make fun of the, of the failure, if that makes sense. And the persistence of, as I've already mentioned that quote, it's a, it's a marathon, just keep going. <laughs> because then all of a sudden, oh, you've got a recall. <laughs> and then, oh, oh, you're in the semi. And so I think maybe persistence is one. Yeah, sure. the, the other one is I've never really cared what the other dancers thought about me. So something I notice through students is that they are very, um, what's the word, aware and um, always worrying about what other people think about them. And I'm thinking, couldn't care less, really, you know. So I may not have been the most popular and I seem like I'm uh, at comps, not that social, but that's because I'm in my own bubble, really, um, on the day of a comp. Mm-hmm. To the point where, as our... Um, wedding as I said a couple of months ago one friend who's a friend through dance actually said I didn't know Ben was like that because <laughs> he'd only seen me in mostly a dance setting mm. um, where I am a bit more I don't know well, you're enclosed I suppose yeah, no, yeah. I remember when we had a very very early on and I'll obviously remain in the Danish sort of dance scene as such where, where it's very different because you're in a club and you are with other dancers kind of all the time, like a very close circuit, almost dance school in the UK, compared to being in the open circuit over here, which you were very much more on your own. Yeah. Mm. And and that I felt at the, at the day of the comp as well. And that was the thing I had to, from a cultural perspective, had to change over. That mm. when we went to a comp, it was, it was us arriving, not us with the team. whole team. Well, <laughs> Uh, yeah. wherever you come from Team Essex coming in <laughs> you know what I mean it was uh, that had that I had to sort of learn to do as well yeah. just different um, yeah. different traditions for each culture really yeah and I think that's, that's sometimes also in many partnerships can be a challenge if you come from different cultures and then yeah. just understanding different people but being from different yeah. cultures maybe yeah. England and Denmark are not so dissimilar but still <clears throat> they're still different countries so there's some things like, like you said that are di- different yeah, for sure. Yeah, before Seth, I know this was an interview about us there, but I, I danced with a girl from Estonia, and that was quite a big cultural difference. Yeah. Um, wasn't much emotional, so it was very sort of just get on with it kind of thing. And um, training out there, I think they say character building, I think it was, you know, it toughened you up a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it definitely um, depends what you're used to, I suppose, as well. Mm. I think that's the beauty of the dance world as well, that you get so many uh, mixed cultures. Yeah. Mm. Same thing, loving the same thing, because you do get to uh, uh, to sort of bounce ideas off each other and, and learn different things that you, under normal circumstances, would never have known. And I think also if you use it to your advantage, it can be a big advantage because you can really be open to learning a different way of thinking, a different way of being. Oh, and absolutely. Sometimes it can obviously cause arguments as well if you don't have that kind of openness or oh of course yeah and yeah. we've had plenty of situations where i've been completely confused about what's happening 
or you know there, there's been like why are they doing this or what's happening here or someone just called you remember when we did our very first show in the, at the tower in blackpool yeah and obviously arriving and they say you're right doc <laughs> yeah steph couldn't understand and what was, was going like, on but sorry yeah. <laughs> i just didn't know they didn't that was cultural uh, and, and language wise i didn't yeah. understand and then ben went to me afterwards yeah they just called you a duck why did they call me a duck? He's like, don't worry. Term, just, term of endearment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So, so we've had plenty of times as well where I've been like, just smile. And I think also sometimes when you have cultures that are not so different, then people expect you to be exactly the same. And yeah. I, I remember a few times from, from England as well, where there were some, some things where, especially with language, like in Danish, we don't really use the word please. Right. Mm. Uh, so we're much more direct and people would find you quite rude or English people tend to go around in circles a lot yes. and things and yeah. then I almost thought that it was like a compliment to me that they were giving but actually they were firing me and I'm like oh, oh. <laughs> you know yeah. so, so get, kind of getting used to those things especially when when you speak pretty quite, quite good English it's they expect that we just understand each other yeah we've had yeah. some funny i mean one funny story was we were doing a show um, and i think it was for an organizer who also was running competitions as well and uh, because stephanie could be an well, english stephanie name to be fair mm. um we were introduced and it, at the end of the introduction was and it's so nice to have a couple that are both english yeah an all english couple <laughs> and it was like okay. and i remember that moment where you kind of think i'll let the other and i looked at ben and he just went Yes, yeah, so I thought, yeah, okay, then we'll go with that then today. Um, I didn't say anything, we just carried oh, on. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, it's hard to kind of say, well, actually, we're not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought it's not worth it. No. It's not worth it. It's definitely from Essex, well. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned quite a lot of, um, so you said you work with a sports psychologist and you do some visualization and, and also like kind of goal setting and planning your practices. Are there other kind of other sports psychology techniques if you must, that you kind of use in your practices like for example keywords or um, I mean, use keywords a lot yeah and there's a quote I like um, and this is also linked to confidence um, one, it's a well-known quote but it's practice like you've never won and compete like you've never lost and I quite like that one because in the early days result would really affect my confidence mm. really affect my confidence and another element to that was if uh, one of our teachers was judging us and then we looked at the marks and they marked us badly, that would affect our attitude in the next lesson mm -hmm. as well. And that shouldn't be the case. So it was like, oh, they didn't mark us, therefore, you know, didn't they don't like us. And suddenly there'd be a little atmosphere in the lesson. And that was oh, purely yeah. our mistake. Oh, yeah. We put too much emotions into something that we analyzed yeah. like that, yeah. basically. So, yeah, learning not to basically but in terms of the keywords we use that a lot uh, particularly going into the competitions we'll have a, a, a key phrase or, or, or word either for the whole day or for each dance or mm -hmm. uh, something that that we know works for both of us and we'll know each other's as well because we we don't as you clearly can see now we're not quite the same type <laughs> uh, so we could all easily have a different word for each of us as well yeah, yeah that's very nice um yeah uh, almost all my questions answered, <laughs> and I think it's it's been nice for, for kind of especially young dancers also to see how you deal with things and also a lot of the things are things that I would usually kind of address with my clients so I think yeah. it's, you obviously found a way to to work through it is there any kind of last piece of advice that you would give to dancers um, 
about like well, being together, being successful in dancing? I would say don't be afraid of asking for help. Mm. Whether it's from like a sports psychologist in your case, from your parents, for instance, if, if you're a younger generation, or, or indeed from your teachers or partner. If you say, I find this very difficult, can you help me with it? Mm. That, that, at least in my experience, that has been one of the, the key phrases yeah uh, where where people go in and say yeah of course i will and this is da, 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 da. they'll help you and so so don't be afraid to ask for um, for guidance and help and i'd just say enjoy the journey in finding the best version of yourself really because um i know that's quite philosophical well only because we've done so many <laughs> done so many things wrong in terms of you know being too emotional or losing confidence after a comp or um giving almost too too much respect to judges and teachers where you don't, as Steph said, want to ask questions and maybe only thinking of result and forgetting that working on that natural turn and making it better is actually why we're doing this. And hopefully the results come as a as a byproduct of that really. So yeah. That's a great advice. Thank you very yeah. much. Very welcome. Pleasure. Thank you for having us.